Let's just pray. Dear Lord, I just ask you that you will give me the words to speak and give us all the ears to listen. Amen. Right, just in case you don't know anything about me, I'll just tell you a few little things. Um, I did teach for 28 years at Thomas Bennett Community College, and then I went to teach the children of Wycliffe Bible Translators in Papua New Guinea for seven years, and you, the parish, supported me to do that, and I'll always be grateful to you for that. And now I'm retired from teaching, and I do various voluntary jobs. I'd like to just tell you this morning that obviously besides the Bible and particularly the reading that you read to us, thank you, I'm using this book, so I, as a good English teacher I need to tell you that. It's Creating a Prodigal Friendly Church by Jeff Lucas, so there'll be three references to that book as well. I also want to say that I'm speaking to myself this morning as well as you. So first of all, I want to ask you a question. Why have you come to church? Now, if I was in my class at school, I'd go around and ask you, but I don't think we've got the time for that this morning. But I would like you to think about that and think why you came. And these are all good reasons. Don't get me wrong, they're all good reasons. But did you come to worship God and learn more about him? Or did you come, or and, did you come to meet friends? Did you come because it's your habit? Did you come because you had a job to do? Did you come because Richard's son Ben was being baptised? I wonder why you came. And as I say, none of these reasons are wrong. But I do wonder if any of you came to welcome the new people that God was going to bring along today? Or is that the welcome team's job? Do you expect new people to come along today? Do you reach out to new people, both in church and outside in the community? Do you welcome them? Do you try and share your faith? It is important that the church is for everyone. And if you've looked at your notices, you'll see that's my theme for today, that the church is for everyone. It isn't just a cosy club for those of us that come regularly. And it can easily become so. God's church is a family, not a group of individuals. And when I say family, I don't mean the nuclear family, two parents and two and a half children or whatever it is now, one and three quarters, I think. I don't mean that. I mean the extended family, aunts, grandparents, nieces, cousins. That's what the church should be. And as a good church, the church should be, as a good family, the church should be accepting of all, uncritical and accommodating. So first of all, let's break that down a little bit. If the church is for everyone, what do we mean? Well, the church is for all ages. I want to just tell you a bit of a story about my Christmas. I'm an aunt. I have two nieces that I'm talking about today anyway. And um, they have two cousins. 
and at Christmas I went to spend Christmas with them. Now I'm this funny aunt that went away for seven years to the other side of the world and particularly during their formating years. And suddenly I come back and suddenly I come for Christmas. So who is this funny aunt? And I was quite ready to sort of just be in the background. Now my uh, two nieces are mid to late teens and their cousins are late teens to early twenties. Now, you know, you know what those sort of people are like. And as I say, I was ready to not be part of them, to just be with the older ones. But they took me in. They invited me to share in their games. They showed me what they'd got as their presents. And although most of them were technological and I didn't understand, they still sort of took me in. And uh, I was just amazed that they did involve me. But even more so, they have a grandma. And she, poor lady, is actually in a home. She had come out for Christmas Day. She's not in a good state. But it was incredible. They went up to her. Oh, she's grumpy, but they went up to her. They showed her what they'd had for Christmas. And they asked her what she'd had. And I just was just amazed at these four young people, how they included myself, this funny aunt, and their grandparents. And it made me think that is how the church should be, accommodating of all ages. So let's just have a little look at this. Let's think first of all of young children. It was lovely to see so many today. There's a little girl in St. Mary's. I don't know. I come from St. Mary's, by the way, in case any of you don't know. Um, she, I don't know how old she is. I'm not good at little kids. She's probably about three. But it's fascinating to watch her in the service. She sort of physically follows the service round. So she comes up to the front and looks at the person that's leading, and then she'll go across to the music group and have a little look at them. And then if it's a lively song, she'll dance in the front. And then if something happens at the front, again, she'll come back and look. And then she wants to walk up with the collection. So it's like she wants to be involved physically with the service. And uh, I just think that's amazing. And she's obviously getting involved. And so we have to be understanding of young children. And that's not always easy, is it? But we do. Now, what about these teenagers? Well, let me just read you this. Many young people from the drug culture found Christ. But there was a problem. Some of these enthusiastic kids would holler and whistle loudly during the worship. It was their way of expressing their adoration to the Jesus they loved. But the pastor was worried. The shrill noise was not what the congregation was used to. One Sunday morning, he gently made a statement to the church expressing a huge welcome to the young people and appealing to the church to be patient with their unorthodox worship styles. In the middle of his nervous statement, an elderly lady, seated right at the back of the building, rose to her feet. Minister, the minister stared at her, his mouth open. He assumed he was toast. He was quite wrong. Pastor, a few weeks ago, some of these kids had no hope and their brains were messed up by drugs. We're just delighted and thrilled that they're here. Let them whistle. It was a wonderful response at a crucial junction moment in the life of that church. 
So that's young people, and I know you've got a good group of young people here. Not sure whether they holler or not. Then obviously we need to involve married couples. Also singles. I'm single, and at many times during my life, the church has been my family, and I'm very grateful for that. Then there's older people. Now I have to be a bit careful about this, because that's, of course, becoming me. Um, some like tradition, but I stress not all. Now again, it's interesting at St Mary's, we have a very wonderful old organ. I don't know how many of you know that, but it is. And I just love it. And it's so inspiring. So sometimes we have hymns on the organ. And we have a small choir. But at other times we have a music group like you do. So we actually have both side by side. And last week we sang the most wonderful old hymn with the organ. And it was really stirring. So we do also need to remember those that like a bit more tradition. And somehow we've got to accommodate this all together, haven't we? And it's very difficult. I think I'm quite lucky. After this, I run away. But uh, people like this have to work all this out. But you as well with them. So we need to accommodate all these different people. Relationships are very important in a church. It's really good to the older ones to go and talk to the younger ones. I wonder how the younger ones are doing in their exams. They're on at the moment, aren't they? Have you asked them? But equally, it's good for the younger ones to go up and talk to the older ones. Again, at St Mary's, we have a very old lady who doesn't want to be with the oldies all the time. And she really wants the young people to go and talk to her, or even younger people to talk to her. So relationships are really important, and it's important to share with each other. So I wonder if we do do that. We must aim to meet the needs of all and if relationships are real in the church, then people will want to come back. It's also important to serve each other. Now, I was really pleased to come to this church a few months ago and for the Urban Saints, well, you call it JCB, group to take the service. That was wonderful for those young people to serve you. And I'm sure in other ways you can serve them back. So we need to be serving each other. That also helps the church to bring everybody together and to grow. So we need to be freed from selfishness, self-centeredness, ego trips, and an independence of spirit that keeps us from binding into one. We need to think of those things that help others before listing our own needs. And I need to say that to myself. So that's different ages, but Archbishop William Temple said, Church is the only organization on earth that exists for the benefit of its non-members. So in other words, we the church are created for others. A church will be a community open to all, a community for those who have no community. It will be an environment in which the unloved and the unlovely find refuge and belonging. It will be a home to the homeless, a family to the forgotten, a friend to the lonely, and a place where the outcasts of society can enjoy life in all its fullness. 
A church will not be made up of people who've got life sorted. Instead, it will almost certainly include drug addicts, alcoholics, people with mental health problems, homeless people, the unemployed, single mothers, people recently released from prison, prostitutes, and so on. It will be a church where the imperfect are perfectly welcome. In short, it will be a home for those who need one. A church will be the kind of community to which people will want to belong. I had a friend at Thomas Bennett who I often used to share my faith with, and he would say, well, I'll go to church when my life's sorted. But sadly, that's in a way what we've put across to the world, isn't it? That they can come to church when they're okay. And so I used to try and say, well, look, none of us will ever have our life sorted. But he still hasn't gone, but I still pray for him. So you may be wondering, why did I choose that reading of the prodigal son? Well, we're all prodigal sons. We were before we came to Christ. But actually, if you're like me, we still are every day. Needing to come back to him for his grace. Therefore, in a sense, we're all inside and outside the church in the same boat. So we can welcome all to our church as equals with compassion. Church shouldn't be a safe place if everyone comes in. And God's grace actually looks for notorious sinners. But then there's a challenge for us, isn't it, if they come to church? Now, I help a little bit with the Easter team in Crawley, which takes out food and puts money on people's gas and electric cars if they're struggling. And it's absolutely fascinating to me that, well, some of the people, we just take the food and things and give it to them and they go away. But quite a few stay and talk to us and tell us of their situation. And sometimes we offer to pray for them. Now, the interesting thing is we offer to pray perhaps on our church prayer chains or even there and then and that happens a few times but the thing that fascinates me is that nobody has ever said I don't want you to pray for me but if we actually said we want you to go to church would that be another issue and actually we are trying to place one person at the moment in a church so why are they open to prayer, but not so open to church? There's a, th a little statement in the beginning of Philip Yancey's What's So Amazing About Grace book, where a worker is helping a poor girl who's in a dreadful situation. It couldn't be much worse. And the helper says to the young girl, well, have you thought about going to church? And her response was, church, why would I ever go there? I'm already feeling terrible about myself. They just make me feel worse. And sadly, that is how quite a lot of people outside think, don't they? So it's our responsibility day by day to try, as I tried with my colleague at Thomas Bennett, to break that down. Just going back to the parable again, the elder brother at the end. 
Do we ever appear like the elder brother to newcomers or to people we talk about the faith too? Sadly, people can come to church and can come to us sometimes and they find us like that elder brother. If you remember, he was critical, he was judging and he was unwelcoming of his brother that was returning. And sometimes we can appear a little bit like that. A friend of mine leads a church in Wales. Noticing real problems of teenage pregnancy, drug abuse and prostitution in their town, they decided to set up a project to offer support and life skills training to the young girls caught in this cycle. Over time, a group of these young mums became interested in the wider life of the church and the message of Christianity. Some of them just could not understand why people were so ready to serve and support them without any payment or reward. The week before Mother's Day, one of the project workers invited them to the special Sunday morning Mother's Day service. Almost all of the girls expressed an interest in coming along, but seemed slightly nervous. Eventually, one of them plucked up the courage to raise the question that the rest of the group had been silently thinking, but didn't have the confidence to verbalise. Does your church have a side door? She asked. The project worker was surprised. After hesitating, she explained that it did, but wondered to herself about the relevance of the building's architecture. Well, the girl explained, people like us aren't really the sort you want marching through the front door. Proud as anything, we'll come, but we'll feel a lot better if we can come in through the side door so that people won't notice us. The church is called to welcome everyone, regardless of creed, just think of these words for a minute, creed, sexuality, politics, past or present sins. And here's perhaps an ultimate thought, paedophiles must find a welcome in the church and may even sit next to a child but obviously easy access to children must be restricted. The church welcomes still-in-progress prodigals, which we all are. So in conclusion, the church belongs to God. He's in charge. And we mustn't stand in the way of his program. And that is to invite everybody to know his love. A willingness to listen and an openness to being persuaded are the qualities of God's people. And I pray that this church, as my own and all the others in this parish and in the country, will be like that. So let's just pray. Lord, I do thank you for this church and I thank you that I know that it is reaching out into Broadfield. And Lord, I just pray that you will help each person here as the church moves on, reaching out. For Christ's sake. Amen.